know, I was, uh, uh, as always, seeking God on what to minister. We've been encouraging on you on not getting in fear and, and staying in faith, stay tuned, hooked up with God. And, and uh, yesterday morning, I was uh, uh, doing some things, and, uh, and, uh, and the Holy Ghost just kind of spoke to me about, uh, talk about our words. Talk about our words this morning. And I titled this message, What You Say. What You Say. And uh, I want to read a few scriptures, and then I'm going to go to a story in the Bible that's very familiar to all of us. And uh, kind of God took me to this story last night, and I was really trying to go a different direction, but the Lord uh, with this, and the Lord took me to this story. And when I read it and, and studied on it last night and, and preached it to myself, I thought, I'll just preach this the way God wants me to preach it here. But Psalms 19:14 says this. This was David. This was a psalm of David, a man after God's heart. He says this, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Listen to what David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Another translation says it like this, let my words and my thoughts be pleasing to you, Lord, because you are my mighty rock and my protector. I'm going to tell you something. Your words, uh, uh, your words are such so powerful. Many people don't understand the power in their words. Jesus said you have what you say. He said he watches over his word to perform it. And I'm telling you something. If our words were being performed, what would we be receiving right now? So we got to be careful at what comes out of our mouth at all times. Not at just this time, but at all times. Uh, so I, I kind of wrote this down because your thoughts are going to eventually be your words. Your thoughts are going to eventually be your words. So you got to understand we, we think things and uh, thoughts come and then we got to decide what we're going to do with those thoughts because not every thought deserves a word. Not every thought deserves our attention. And so we've got to learn that, that our thoughts are always going to be coming. And in this trying time that we're in right now, and uh, I'm telling you, there's a, there's a lot of negative stuff being talked. I'm talking about people who are positive most of the time. And uh, even Christians, they're, 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 going, they're, they're, they're saying, what are we going to do? How are we going to make it? What are we going to do? Listen, what did you do before this happened? You trusted God. You have to trust God now just like you did then. And uh, I always uh, like to go back to Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus was talking about don't worry. And the Bible says in King James Version, he says don't take, actually he says take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we wear. He said don't be saying what are we going to do. Listen, trust in God as we've been talking and uh, ministering to you about. In Psalms 141.3, this is also a psalm of David. He says this, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Well, I'm telling you, you're going to have to put a guard on your mouth sometimes. I've had to do it. You've had to do it. And we're going to continue to have to do it. Watch what comes out of our mouth. It should be something that's going to bring edification to your life and not uh, dis dis uh, dissatisfaction and, and fear. I know one translation of that says this, Lord, help me control my tongue or my words. Help me be careful about what I say. Help me be careful about what I say. 
So we need to be very careful about what we say. Many people don't understand the power and authority of the words of God. Did you know your words, your confession, your mouth is what took you from death to life? Did you know your words of your mouth is what had your name written in the Lamb's book of life when you believed what you said? Do you realize the power that's coming out of your mouth? And listen to me. There's two people listening to what you say. There's the devil and there's God. And both of them are operating on your words. So be very careful what comes out. Look at Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. It says, A man's stomach will be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, or words, he shall be filled. Listen to what it says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, or your words, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So it says death and life are in the power of your tongue. In other words, death and life are in your mouth. Death and life are in your mouth. You're going to have to decide which one comes out. In uh, another translation, it says people will be rewarded by what they say. They will be rewarded by how they speak. What you say can mean life or death. Those who speak with care will be rewarded. Those who speak with care will be rewarded. So he says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 6, 2 says you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So we're snared by the words of our mouth, or we also can be set free by the words of our mouth. So we got to be very careful what comes out of our mouth, especially in trying times. I, I found out people... Uh, people will, under stress, people will talk differently than people that are not under stress. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, under stress, they'll talk differently unless they're so filled with the Holy Ghost and they just stay with the Word of God. Uh, Listen to me. You may be having things going through your mind, but what's coming out of your mouth is different than what's coming into your mind. That don't make much sense to people, but I'm telling you, we speak out of our heart. In fact, Jesus said, if you'll uh, uh, doubt not in your heart, And so I'm telling you, when you start allowing the Word of God to operate in you and out of you, things start changing in your life. I'm telling you, you can have a trust in God. Well, there's a story I want to read, and it's in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we all know the story of David and Goliath. Everybody knows that story. Everybody's heard that story. And in this story, everything in this story is an exchange of words. Everything in the story is an exchange of words. And I'm telling you, when you read it, you're going to constantly be hearing, he said, they said, it's amazing. It was all words that produced the fear. It was words that produced faith. Everything in here was the, uh, the exchange of words. And it's the same thing in our lives. You may, be, you may sit around with your wife or your husband or your kids, and the exchange of your words is going to make a difference between fear and faith. What the coming out of your mouth is to make a difference between fear and faith. And so we've got to stay in faith. Words, uh, I, I wrote this down, uh, uh, words have power. They either produce faith or fear. They either produce faith or fear. Now listen to this story. It says, now the Philistines gathered, verse 1, now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Soko and Ezekah and Aphes Damim, And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side. Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. 
And he had a, had a bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield bearer went before him. Now, most of us all know that Goliath was a giant, and what we would call a giant because actually they say he was 10 feet tall, around 10 feet tall. They say his, his armor, his coat that he had on was a, like 126 pounds. The Bible says his, his, his spear, the, just the, the spear itself, was like a, a, a fence post or a beam. And then the spearhead was 15 pounds. So you could understand that here's a man out there that he's a giant. He looks, you could imagine how big he was. If he's 10 foot tall, we don't know how wide he was. But anyway, he was big. So he comes out there and he's always running his mouth. And that's exactly what he's doing is running his mouth. So listen to me. He came out with words. He came out with words, and notice what it said in verse 8. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them. Here's what he said to them. Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now this happened uh, day after day. Uh, Goliath would come out there and he would tell them, give us a man. I was just heard somebody preaching this just the other day. And uh, they were talking about how many times when these battles come, uh, 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 these uh, these battles took place, and and uh, two armies came out. Many sometimes they would take a man out of both armies and bring them out to fight to save many men's lives, and they would fight for the battle. And whoever won that battle, the other one had to serve them. So in this situation, Goliath would keep coming out there, and and he would run his mouth, and all of a sudden it, his words. Listen, it wasn't just. The words of Goliath that put fear in their hearts, it was the size of Goliath. It was the fact that they saw how big he was. I mean, it's amazing the Bible described how big a man he was. So you could understand them looking at a 10-foot man, and they're on a mountain on both sides. So, you know, most of the time something down in the valley looks a little smaller from a mountaintop, but they knew how big he was from the mountaintop. And I'm telling you, there's, there's so much about this virus that we're seeing right now that's making it so big and, and big and such as that. And people seeing this, they watch the news and such as that. And it, it's, ser- it's a serious thing. That's why we have nobody in church right now. It's a serious thing. And so the thing about it is, and that virus is speaking, I just want you to know, it has a voice. And so it's speaking. And uh, a lot of people just hear it. And so anyway... And uh, so here they are afraid. This was going on. Notice what it said. Now David was the son of this Ephraite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, who had eight sons, and the man was old, advancing years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of the three sons who, were, uh, who went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, next to him Abinadad, and the third Shammah. 
David was the youngest and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. David was actually a servant of Saul. He worked Saul. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. I'm talking about 40 days, morning and evening. This, uh, 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 this, uh, uh, a giant, Goliath, he, every morning and evening, he'd come out and say the same thing over and over and over. We talked about a battle being going, but, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of fighting going on. I mean, you've got an army over here, you've got an army over here, and you've got a man in the valley saying, give me a man, send somebody out here. And so uh, this went on for, the Bible says, 40 days, morning and evening. Then Jesse said to his son David, and I don't know how long we've been dealing with this. It's been several months, and it's, we hear it constantly, uh, all this situation we're in. Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how their brothers fare. Bring back news of them. And now Saul and they all, the men of Israel, were in the valley of Eli fighting with the Philistine. Well, actually, that was a little exaggeration. It don't tell us they were actually really fighting with the Philistines. They were, they were there to fight. They just never did quite make it to the battle at this point. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. Think about it. You, I don't know Saul was their leader. He was head and shoulders taller than anybody in Israel. You would think the common thing for him to do is go on down there and fight with, with, with Goliath. I'm the biggest man in the bunch, and I'm the leader of it, but he didn't do that. And, but, but here's what I feel like. I feel like he had to be giving them guys a pep talk in the night. I mean, because every morning they'd get up and say, we're going to go do it. And then they go in there and Goliath shows up and they say, whoa, he didn't shrink a bit last night. He's still just as big, just as ugly, and just as powerful. And so, obviously, they would come up and they'd start shouting the battle cry, shouting the battle cry. But when they looked at the situation, they retreated again. And I'm telling some people do that. They'll get in their prayer closet and they'll pray and they'll come out pumped up and then they come out and listen to the news, listen to somebody, and they shrink back in. I'm telling you, God is ready for his army to rise up and take their stand and not back down, not one bit in the name of Jesus. If we're going to change some things, the body of Christ can pray and see things change. So David arose early in the morning, left the sheep. I done read that, hadn't I? And David left in verse 22, and David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. So here he is, he's out there, give me a man, send a man down here, let's fight, and if you kill me, we're going to be your servants. If I kill you, you will be our servants. He heard the same thing that everybody else had heard and had been hearing for 40 days. David, Now listen, David's like 17 years old. It's not like he's a monster of a man. And he's just a kid, and he comes out there. But I tell you what, I was a teenager once, and sometimes teenagers think they're indispensable. But David knew something that obviously, if they knew it, they forgot it. 
And David, and it goes on to say, and uh, as he talked with them, the champion of, I just read that, Philistines came according to the same words, so David heard them. Listen, it's an exchange of words. You know what kept Israel on the mountain on one side? It was the words that was spoken by Goliath. That's what brought fear into their lives. And it says, uh, and David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Listen, there was fear in the camp of Israel. And I'm telling you something, David came along and he heard the same words, but it didn't affect him the way it affected everybody else. I'm listening, you can hear the same words and you can be affected in one way, whereas somebody else, you, here's what it is. We've heard the same things. And we've, we've heard the same news. We, we know this thing's a serious virus. We know all this thing's going on. But I'm telling you something, my response has never been fear. And God is my witness, it's never been fear. Because I know something. You know something. You know, but, but it's a scary thing. I had a lady, I heard a lady, something, this is a scary thing. And I was in Brookshire, she said, this is a scary thing. I said, what? She said, they're running out of potatoes. Well, I guess that's a scary thing if you like potatoes. I'm not a big, that fan, big fan of potatoes. I'm all right without them. But anyway, I think it's a scary thing. I'm, they're running out of potatoes. So I asked her, because I asked her, why, what's so scary? So the men of Israel said, have you, listen, to, they're talking to David. Listen, they're talking to David. Have you seen this man who has come up? Now, let me tell you what they're, they're, what they're fixing to try to do. They're first going to try to get David to see as they see. We want you to see as we see. Have you seen this man that has come up? Have you seen Goliath? Well, he obviously has seen him. He was standing right there. So they're trying to... Listen, so many times people will try to pull you away from what you're believing and what you're trusting and what you're saying into what they're seeing and what they're believing and what they're saying. Listen to me. Let, let me just say this to you right. Stay with God. Stay with His Word. Trust in the Lord. You may have to cast down fearful thoughts every day. You may have to t- cast them down... All all during the day, but I'm here to tell you, keep casting them out, but let what comes out of your heart be acceptable in God's eyes. Glory to God. And he said, have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who, listen to this, that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what? Uh, he's a teenager, guys. He's a kid. And he said, what? I can just hear it. What? And it, notice what it said. He said, what? And uh, uh, where, where, did I, where did I leave off? I done lost my spot. Then he said, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Of the, listen to me. David, here, here's what David did. He took his eyes off the problem and got it on the promise. I said he took his eyes off the problem and got it on the problem. Glass was the problem, but the promise, oh my goodness. And here's what they said. He said, you're going to be enriched with great riches. He's going to give you his daughter in marriage, and then you're going to be... Are y'all back? 
I'm sorry, we just had a glitch. Well, we can expect some of them things to happen sometimes, but praise God, we're going to keep going. I don't know where I just left off on you, but here David was, and they had told David in verse 26 about what was going to be given for the man who defeated Goliath. And I said this, they said he's going to be enriched with great riches, He's going to have Saul's daughter in marriage, and he's going to be tax-exempt in, uh, in Israel. His house will be tax-exempt in Israel. And I'm telling something, David got locked into the promise rather than the problem. And he asked again, now tell me again what's going to take place for the man who kills him. They told him again. But notice what David brought in. Here's what David brought in. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Here's what David said. I'm bringing God in on the picture. I'm bringing God in on the equations. Listen, nobody else talked about God. David talked about God. He said he's defying God. This is something that's not just coming against us. It's coming against God Almighty. I'm telling you something. You've got to keep God in the equation of your life. And people answered him in the same manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now, I've said this so many times. You've heard it so many times if you're part of our church. You offer a teenage boy money and a woman, you've got a fight on your hands. I guarantee you right there. And David is about to take on this giant because he ain't afraid of no giant, especially when the prize is so great. Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men... And Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? Now think about this. Let's stop here just a minute. He goes up there and his brother says, what are you doing here? You're just proud. You just come to fight the battle. Now, listen, I, I can understand this. I've had, I have two brothers and I have three sisters and one of my brothers is sitting in here right now. And let me tell you something. When one of us made a smart remark to one of them, there was always a smart remark back. Let me tell you something. Sometimes there was fight going, fights going on along with it. And so uh, the thing about it is he could have, here's what I would have thought. If I would have been a teenage boy and my older brother told me this, I'd have said, what battle? He's been asking for a man for 40 days. Why ain't you stepped up to the plate and go shut his mouth? That knucklehead's been down there for 40 days and 40 nights. You ain't went to battle at all. What's wrong with you, brother? Go on down there. Be a man. That's what he's asking for. Are you a man? Go down there and fight. No, that's what I'd have said if it had been my brother. But he wasn't my brother. He was David's. And here's the thing about David was this. David was a man after God's own heart, and he understood, he understood you could not let dissension get in. You could let, not let division get in if you were believing God for a victory. So he, notice what he said. Here's, here's so, so important uh, that what David did in verse 30. Then he turned from his brother toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as first ones did. What? Here's what he did. His bro- he looked at his brother and he said, is there not a cause? Here is probably what he was saying. You better be glad I showed up. You better be glad I'm here because I'm coming in here with God. I'm coming in here with a revelation of who God is. I'm coming in with trust. And I know this much. I'm going to watch what I say. Didn't we read some psalms about David? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. 
And notice what it said. And then he turned from his brother to the, another guy and said, Now tell me again, what's going to be done for the man who kills this Philistine? Well, they're going to be enriched with great riches. They're going to get Saul's daughter. He said, The pretty one? Is it the pretty one? Yeah, I think it's a pretty one. It's a pretty one. Okay. And then you're going to get tax exemption in Israel. He says, hey, I'm in. I'm in. Count me in. I'll do it. Now, that's but probably we, we don't know exactly everything he said, but I guarantee he said, I'm in. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of the situation. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for David. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Now that's encouraging to to the leader of the army and you've got a teenage boy that he's still wet behind the ears uh, and uh, uh, he he still had peach fuzz because that's what one translation said. And so here the deal is, he says, I'm going to go fight with him. And Saul probably thought, oh my Lord. This is the only one out of all my army that's willing to go down there and fight a 10-foot giant. And so, so David... But here's what I want you to see, too. The words that, that Goliath spoke did not affect David the way they had the whole army. They didn't affect... Why? Because he had a covenant with God. Did you hear that? He had a covenant with God, and he knew it. I said he knew it. And so Saul said to David, listen to what he said, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are youth and he a man of war from his youth. I'm telling you, it's just like somebody that somebody looks up to in respect to try to tell you you can't do it. So you can't do this. You're just a kid. You are not able to do this and go against that man. And even Saul was trying to magnify the size of the problem to David. But David didn't buy into it. Then David, but David said, listen, we're talking about an exchange of words. And David said to Saul, words are being exchanged. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I called it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant... Used to has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Listen to David. He didn't tell, he he was not telling Saul. He said, Listen, I, I dreamed one time that I killed a lion. I dreamed one time I killed a bear. He saw this wasn't a dream, this was a fantasy. He said, I actually killed a lion and a bear and went and took back what was mine from it. And when it rose up against me, I just took it out. Whoa. And he said this. I just read it and we'll read it again. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord, listen to this, the Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion. You've you got to understand something. What David is not going, he's not, he's not, going out there by himself. 
Because he said this, I, here's what he's saying. And let me read this real quick. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So David said this, It wasn't my strength and might that destroyed the lion. It wasn't my strength and might that destroyed the bear. It was God's might and strength in me and with me. And I'm telling you, God's with you right where you at. And there it is. Here's, in other words, Saul's words couldn't discourage David. Goliath's words couldn't discourage David. His brother's words couldn't discourage David. Why? Because he got locked into a promise and he knew there was a purpose for him being there. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head and he also clothed him with a coat of mail. Days that David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them. So David took them off. I'm telling you something. You know, the Lord spoke to me concerning this, uh, this story one time years and years ago. He said this, that Saul literally tried to put on him what he was comfortable with and what he used for battle. But the Lord spoke to me and told, he told me this. He said, you cannot live on another man's revelation unless that revelation becomes yours. So we can't not going to stand. People say, well, stand in faith. Well, you got to have faith to stand in faith. You've got to have the word to speak the word. So it's time we start hooking up in all these areas of our life. Notice what it said. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came. Now let me tell you something. There was an audience here. They wanted, I guarantee there was, I guarantee there was the Israelis on this mountain and there's the Philistines on this mountain just like always before. Goliath down there with his shield bearer. David goes down there. He's got a stick and he's got a slingshot. And he goes down there and can you imagine, I could imagine the, the, what's going on in the Israelites' minds because if Goliath wins, they got to serve them. But if David wins, the Philistines have to serve them. So you could imagine, I don't know, they might have started praying. Oh, Lord, please give him strength. Please help that young man. Oh, my gosh. And so David goes down there. He wasn't fearful. He wasn't afraid. And notice what it says. He went to draw near to the Philistine. David could have got down there and said, Oh, my Lord, he didn't look this big from the mountaintop. He is definitely a giant. He big. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. I often thought and wondered if it had helped if he had been ugly. I don't know, maybe not. And so notice what Goliath recognized about him. So the Philistine, listen, listen to this exchange of words. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. In other words, here's what I'm going to do to you. Now, I don't know. Uh, that, 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 everything else he said struck fear in the hearts of all the, all the Israel, Israelites. But David, he was just confident in God. He didn't go down there uh, with any... When you read this story, you find out David never did think defeat. I mean, he never spoke defeat, did he, Frank? I mean, he had his focus on a prize. 
he had his focus on a covenant with God. And so when he faced the Philistine, he was not going out there in fear, but total confidence that God was with him, and if God be for him, who can be against him? Then David said to the Philistine, let me tell you something, there's things you are going to have to say to your situation. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Listen to what David said. This day, the Lord, not me, listen, you got to understand, he was always pointing to who his victor was and where his victory was, and that was to God. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He didn't say that all the world may know that there's a little teenage boy out here trying to do something. He said they're going to know that there's a God in Israel. I'm telling you why. This nation's going to see that there's a God over the United States of America and the world and he's a good God. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Listen to me. This was an exchange of words. In other words, he did not let what Goliath said cause him to run back in fear. He knew what the outcome of this thing was going to be. Am I right? Did David know the outcome before it ever the battle? He already knew it. Why? Because he's saying what the outcome is going to be. You need to start speaking the outcome in the midst of this whole thing. And so it was when the Philistine arose and came near, uh, drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and, and, put, uh, and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now this story to me, I love this story because David, he said, I'm not, my trust isn't in my slingshot. My trust is not in my stick. My trust is in God. See, I I preached this years ago that the stone that killed Goliath was a rock of revelation that David had of who his God was. God used that as a weapon, his slingshot. But I'm telling you what, David did not have that trust. I mean, he knew he was good with a slingshot, but he wasn't trusting that slingshot. He was trusting God. Why? Because he said, I come at you in the name of the Lord. I'm not coming in my own strength, my own power. He even gave all the glory for killing the lion and the bear. He brought God in on the scene. I'm telling you, you've got to keep God in on the scene of your life. You've got to keep Jesus in there. You've got to keep the Word in there. You've got to keep prayer in there. You've got to stay with the Word. You've got to be very careful at what comes out of your mouth at this time of, of stress and anxiety that's trying to overwhelm the world. You've got to stick with the, with the Word of God and stick with the truth of God, knowing that God won't leave you and He will not forsake you, but He'll be with you till the end of the world, till the end of this age. Stay with God. 
because there's always going to be exchange of words. You're, all, you're going to constantly be hearing them, and you're constantly going to be saying them. You're going to constantly be hearing them, and you're constantly going to be saying them. And those words are going to want, do one of two things. It's going to bring faith to your life or fear to your life. You're going to have to decide which ones you're going to accept. But I'm telling you something right now. God's going to watch over his word to perform it, and he said you can have what you say. So here's what I pray you got out of this message today is that your words are either going to bring victory or defeat into your life. That your words are either going to bring victory or defeat into your life. David was a man that loved God with all of his heart. He went to that battle for a reason. God sent him to that battle. And I'm telling you something. We may be in a battle, but we win. You may be in a battle, you win. I don't know uh, what's going on in your life concerning your job. I don't know what's concerning the, the situations in your life. But I'm telling you, God has never left you and he's never forsaken you. He's right there for you. Keep your eyes on the word of God. Once David locked into the promise, the, the word of the king, what he was going to do and bless him with, man, he stayed with it. He stuck with it and he stayed with God. Mm-hmm. He stayed with his covenant. He knew who his God was. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He loved God with all of his heart. And he won the victory that day. And then the Bible says he carried that head around for a little while. And here's what he did. He showed them how to get ahead in life. I'm telling you, if you'll keep speaking the right words, saying the right things, believe in the, the right things, stick with the word of God. Don't let fear influence your speech. Let faith influence your speech. Because I'm telling you, you can either talk out of your head or you can talk out of your heart. That's right. If you'll talk out of your heart, it'll, it'll, you'll, you'll be casting down those, those uh, stressful thoughts and such as that, and you won't let them rule and reign in your life. Oh, my, my, my. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews 10:23. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. God's promise. God's faithful to his promise and his word is His promise. His word is His will. He wants to do great and mighty things for you. Let Him do that. I pray that I said something this morning to encourage you. Something this morning to let you have uh, your, your trust and your confidence strengthened in God today. I'm telling you, I love you and appreciate you for tuning in today. And I believe God's got great and mighty things in store for you. And this thing, as I've been saying, shall come to pass. It did not come to stay. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are uh, temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God's doing great and mighty things. And I want to pray for you. And are y'all going to, uh, y'all going to close that go out with a song? And they're going to do another song, and they're going to sing it and just praise and worship God. And when they get done, we'll be done. But I'll tell you what, we'll see you Wednesday, maybe putting some things on during the week. We love you so much. And uh, uh, give us a call, holler at us, and and, uh, we'll be praying for you for sure. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the word that's come forth today. We thank you for encouraging people's hearts and lives, knowing that there's nothing bigger than God. There's nothing bigger than your word and your promises. God, no matter what the the voices are speaking around us, there's a voice on the inside of us of the Holy Spirit that speaks inside of us, that still, small voice. God, that speaks up on the inside of us and tells us everything will be all right. Everything's going to be all right. We're going to guard our hearts. We're going to guard our words. We're going to guard our mouths in the name of Jesus. 
So, Father, bring comfort into their homes to heal their bodies if they're sick. God, touch their finances, bless them, supply their every need. God, I declare that they're going to lack for nothing in the name of Jesus because, God, they're going to come out stronger than ever before when this is all said and done. We love you. We praise you for it. We give you glory. For it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray.